for those people that have been able to stick it out, keep going, stay strong, stay resilient. We will be great again as a city. We will continue to deliver great hospitality in Melbourne and we just need to support each other and give our customers what they want and we will uh, drive that vision for Melbourne once again to be the great city that we have always known to be. Melbourne prides itself on being an events capital, but that hasn't exactly been the case for the past 20 or so months. Today, we are talking to Hatem Saleh, CEO of Atlantic Group, which has had more than its share of difficulties over the past couple of years, even more than a pandemic. Even so, Hatem is optimistic, dynamic as always, and about to launch a fantastic new event space. Hatem, welcome to Dirty Linen. Hi, Danny. Thanks for having me on the show and great to be here. Yeah, it's fantastic to have you here and there's certainly a lot to talk about, but why don't we start with, you know, how you're feeling at the moment with Melbourne reopening events back on the agenda and a new space that you're about to launch. Yeah, thank you. Look, um, I I am very positive about Melbourne. I know that um, we have gone from the most livable city to a city that's had its uh, ups and downs and certainly a fair share of heartache over the last couple of years. Um, certainly from our perspective, uh, it is it has been a very difficult period, but we remain optimistic and excited about the future. Um, and as always, uh, feel confident that being resilient and continuing to work hard and find ways um, really is the only way that um, as, as hospitality in Melbourne, the only way that we can recover is to do great things and do better things than we were doing before um, so that the industry starts to take shape and feel like we're, we're again, the most livable city. And um, certainly from an event perspective, entertainment perspective, hospitality perspective and major events point of view, um, we need to remain front and centre to make sure that we are lined up and ready to go as people start having the confidence to come back out again. Yeah. Well, I suppose, you know, business is always problem solving and hospitality is always, you know, putting out the next fire, but you've certainly had more than your share of adversity. Can you just take us back, let's say to, I don't know, mid 2019 and just tell me about Atlantic Group then and, you know, the number of staff you had and the shape of the business? Yeah, certainly. Look, uh, you know, back mid 19. Uh, we had a lot going on, lots of events happening, major events were flowing. Of course, we're a um, significant major partner um, at the Melbourne Cup Carnival and the same as uh, the Formula One Grand Prix. Uh, it all started on Friday the 13th, if you recall, um, when um, in, in March, when um, in 2020, of course, when the pandemic really hit. But if you go, if you wind the clock back six months before that, um, uh, 28th of August 2019, we were sitting pleasantly at Central Pier, having just opened up on the same day our uh, new venue, the Port Melbourne Yacht Club, um, on that day and hosting a, a very uh, terrific ladies' lunch um, for a major client. And um, on that day, we got the phone call to say evacuate Central Pier. And of course, um, it, when you look at what went down there and the whole uh, period of dealing with events that were booked, um, close to over a thousand events that were booked at the time, um, moving them around, trying to find new homes for them, and many clients just sort of wanting to sit and stay with us and and hope that things will come back to normal and we'll be back on that pier. And of course, um, that never happened. And 
and since then, and, and I can't talk about it too much more than to say that um, that's an ongoing um, issue that we continue to work through um, and that we remain positive that um, the right outcome must take place there, um, given the heartache that we have been put through, our staff have been put through, and I guess the dysfunction that took place when uh, we were essentially told to, to leave and never go back. We never had another chance to make good there and we never had another chance to continue to to carry on our business there. And um, uh, as I said, we remain positive in dealing with that. But of course, on the 13th of March at the Grand Prix, we're sitting there, we're waiting for the doors to open and the doors don't open. Adam, it's just so much like and just to put people in the picture so central pier it's a long pier down at docklands in melbourne just you know obviously over the water and the situation was that development victoria victorian government agency declared it of at risk of immediate collapse which sounds very alarming i mean i've walked through that venue with you and i know the enormous amount of work that you put into it. When I say venue, a series of venues, series of kitchens, you know, it's hundreds of staff. I know how much like pride you had, rightly so, in all those different spaces. I've been to numerous events there. It was, it was, it was so great. I just, I just can't imagine, it's, you know, of, of course you're talking about dealing with those people whose events were cancelled, but, I mean, what was it like for you as the leader of this, this workforce and, and this site? Yeah, I mean, certainly it was it was disheartening, Danny. And, and as you said, uh, Central Pier, for near on um, thirteen years, was uh, a market leader hosting some of Melbourne's best events um, on a regular basis annually. You know, the L'Oreal Melbourne Fashion Festival that later became the Virgin Fashion Festival um, that was the home for almost nine years, um, year in year out. And and so many corporate clients, so many weddings, so many events. I mean, we would host in excess of a 1,000 events a year uh, there. And, and as I said, when we closed, we had uh, over a 1,000 events that we had to reshuffle, reallocate, refine the new home for. Um, and, and even to, to now, some of those clients, um, almost two years ago now, are still holding on, waiting for us to host their event that they've postponed and do it in one of our venues. And I'm excited to say that whilst that's been a very, very difficult time, and whilst no one should have to go through uh, the pain and suffering that we went through when you've invested this, this significant amount of money, time, energy, effort, passion uh, um, and engagement for near on 13 years um, to create a hotspot that becomes an iconic Melbourne institution, um, uh, national events, uh, people coming from all around the place to, to visit Central Pier was really disheartening to... Um, to be told to evacuate the way that we did and, and to hope and think that we'd be going back and then to stay mobilised for near on six months, to then be told in January 2020 that we wouldn't be returning. And, and that was um, certainly uh, a shock for us, a shock for the tenants, a shock for the staff and, um, and a very uh, difficult process to manage. And, but, you, you, but at the same time, you think, well, what do you do? Do you curl up in the corner or, or do you stay strong and stay focused and Think about how you're going to recover for something so dramatic and so catastrophic. And then, as I said earlier, so wind the clock forward. Um, after we get told that we won't be going back in January, we're at the Grand Prix. We're excited. Uh, the 2020 uh, Formula One Grand Prix. And, of course, uh, on Friday the 13th of March, the gates don't open. 
and and to be standing there to have near on uh, 900 staff uh, ready to go, excited and pumped, lipstick on, hair and hair and uh, and face made up, uh, uniform on, food prepped, everybody in place, everybody excited, just completed our motivational speech to to around about 600 of the 900 staff that were due to work that day. And uh, we're told that unfortunately it won't open. Now, that was really for me the beginning of uh, COVID-19 um, and, and for most of this city. Uh, and, and we have lived a very difficult uh, and a very painful uh, life in, in Melbourne, in Victoria, uh, in Australia. And certainly hospitality has suffered dramatically uh, in that last 18 months. And I think that's that's why now we're really focused and really excited about putting that behind us. We've invested a lot of time over the last 18 months while we were trying to navigate through this pandemic to work out what does it look like for us while the the, the barriers keep changing, while the goal, goalposts keep changing, how do we continue to evolve, keep our people, keep our staff, stay focused, stay motivated, create a bright future when we have no idea when this is going to end. Start, stop, lockdown, one, two, three, five. And here we are, um, finally, tonight, about to open our doors. Um, I'm here at the Atlantic at Crown uh, and everyone's prepping. Every, all, all the beautiful produce has been coming in and everyone's been excited. Yesterday, I had the opportunity to, uh, to show you through... Um, uh, Sophia, our new venue that we, we launched yesterday um, at the Pran Arcade. And again, the inquiries have been flowing through thick and fast since we launched last night. And, and I think that's what everyone's excited about, Danny, getting back to reality, getting back to life as we once knew it. Sure, it will be different, but nonetheless, it's up to us as hospitality people, um, as entrepreneurs, as employers to take our people on the journey, take our customers, take our staff and really show them an exciting future ahead. And, and certainly that's what Atlantic Group intends to do. Yeah, I mean, the, the continual sort of forward looking is is really impressive. But do, do you kind of think, you know, when when the pandemic hit, it was it was a massive shock and, it, you know, obviously it was also a shock for you. But do you think that given that you were still, you know, in reeling and recovery mode from the central pier closure do you feel like did you have a sort of like well nothing can hurt us hurt us now like whatever it is we'll deal with it keep throwing it we'll deal with it uh, it's funny that so many people that um in in the business world in the business community um friends socially have have said to us and said to me how have you kept on going now you know to go through central pier was hard enough for anybody to deal to deal with in one lifetime let alone back it up with a pandemic. So how do I feel today? I, I feel strong. I feel resilient. I feel focused. Uh, I feel on behalf of our group that it's an exciting time only because we have no choice. You either take that approach and say, under any circumstances, given what we've been through, we will continue to find a way to uh, uh, jump over these hurdles and continue to find a positive way to stay alive and to double down, for no better word, on what does it look like after this is all done and dusted. And, and, I, and I certainly hope for our, our industry's sake, for Victoria's sake, that that was the last lockdown. 
that was the last time that we have to shut our businesses down um, because I think Melbournians have, have done it hard. We know that we've done it harder than anyone else in the world and I don't think it's fair to not have to get on with it. We need to live with this virus. We need to continue to showcase um, how we can advance ourselves and continue to operate. And I think hospitality has been really great at that in Melbourne. You know, every time we've opened, um, uh, we all the venue operators that I can think of have just done it and found a way to keep doing it and under any circumstances do things properly so that they weren't forced to shut their businesses while whilst they were working in a very difficult environment. But with that said, when we are told, unfortunately, we have no choice, you're shutting down, you have no control. And I think everyone is over not having control of their businesses, their lives and their future. And I think it's time for us to get on with it and start to do what we need to do in the city. Hatton, what are, what are you going forward? What have you changed? You know, what, what could you what might other people be able to draw from that you've done with your business, whether it's around, I don't know, risk mitigation or, you know, costs that, you know, sunk costs or outgoings that you've reduced? Like what kinds of things have you reframed as you've, you know, had to reshape your business? Sure. So I I guess, Danny, from our perspective, um, looking at all things being equal, uh, when you're up against it and, and things are difficult, you absolutely have to dig deep and understand what that looks like. And and certainly uh, just by the lack of operation and going back from what we were talking about earlier, what, what we looked like as a business in, you know, mid-2019 um, with over 300 full-time staff, um, 11 to 1,200 casual staff uh, operating between major events and our businesses from time to time, um, to winding that back to uh, essentially about a quarter of that at any one time um, between full-time and casuals, we're down to a different style of business that really is picking and choosing what we're working on and with. And certainly from our perspective, all of our current businesses, the Atlantica Crown, um, uh, Port Melbourne Yacht Club, Gardens House, we've taken on some some management contracts that we're really excited about, um, similar to Gardens House with the Royal Botanical Gardens, uh, they have a beautiful property at the Cranbourne Gardens. We've taken on the uh, function space there, the ability to host events in gardens there, um, and the cafe that operates at the Cranbourne Gardens. We've gone into a uh, contract at the Melbourne University Melbourne Connect building, which is a new build uh, that I tried to open um, earlier this year, but of course, due to pandemic, had to start stop. So we're on that journey. Uh, beautiful banquet space there. Uh, a couple of great cafes um, and above and beyond that um, uh, Ballarat we've got a project that we have done with the Pelicanos uh, to launch two great function venues uh, a theatrette um, and a new cafe called the Nolans Cafe and then uh, Boomtime Dumplings as well so Ballarat uh, regional that corridor so many people due to what's taken place in, in Melbourne have shifted out uh, regionally and we think that it was the right time to attach our brand uh, with the Pelicanos to an exciting project that certainly uh, will reshape hospitality in Ballarat. Um, there's lots of great things going on in Ballarat and it's a really uh, uncharted territories for a lot of people but I think I was quite surprised when I went there and saw 
uh, how many great offerings there are there, and we intend to to add to that, to enhance the the offering and to to bring some um, some Melbourne business uh, regionally to Ballarat. There's a beautiful Quest uh, hotel there, 88 rooms, uh, plus our function facilities, a train station right next door. Uh, so we we imagine that lots of events will will get on the train, head down to Ballarat, and come and join us. Uh, to get away, do retreats and uh, regroup, uh, given so many people in the office haven't seen each other for a long time. And, and really, Sophia uh, is, the, is the last project that we launched last night, which we're really excited about. 200 seat one, in one room, the gallery, uh, 100 seats in the ballroom, um, and together, you know, 300 or, or a cocktail party of up to 450, 500 people um, in eclectic brand. Um, and, and I think that's the thing that excites me. Uh, our projects are always in unique spaces. Uh, we always endeavor to do interesting things. Um, and Atlantic Group um, has one more significant card up its sleeve that we'll announce in the coming weeks. Uh, and that will be a large venue that will seat around a thousand people um, that we intend to bring back into the marketplace uh, so that when large events start to take place again, we are ready to work and ready to to showcase Atlantic Group's hospitality once more. And where are you finding the staff to, to service all these venues? Because it's all anybody is talking about. There are just no staff around. Yeah, look, it, it is a challenge. Um, there's no question that the amount of people that have left this city, uh, the visa holders that couldn't hold on anymore, uh, the people that changed industries because of hospitality start, stop nature, um, and have gone to, to jobs that gave them some more certainty, um, along with uh, people that just needed a change uh, and just couldn't handle uh, the dynamic and the idea around earning um, you know, next to no money other than perhaps government out or whatever little money we could continue to support people with um, while we're closed and no revenue is coming through. Um, we've lost a lot of people in the industry and, and I think it's up to each and every one of us to create an environment um, to help through the vaccination issue to reopen borders, get students back in, get tourists back in, um, get people that want to come and live and work here so that we can resolve this problem. But, you know, the attitude that we're taking, we are fortunate that a lot of people that have worked for us over the years, um, uh, over the last decade, continue to still work for us from time to time. And I think through that database, we're able to continue to reach out to staff and have them join us. Um, as and where needed, uh, enough to gradually open as the city's opening, as events are opening, um, and as we start to get to a point where we can do large events and the appetite's there from corporates and socials to hold larger events, uh, I'd like to think that we, we will continue to be ready um, and have all of our great people back joining us to assist us in um, getting Atlantic Group up and running again at, at, at a capacity that is what we're relatively used to versus what we've had to navigate through over the last uh, year and a half or two years. Mm. I mean, what do you, where do you think people are, are sitting in terms of their, their appetite for large events and engaging with hundreds of other people in a space? I mean, do you, do you anticipate needing to make changes in the way that you serve food in the kinds of offerings that you provide? Or do you think people are just going to be, yeah, just roaring to get back out there just like, a, you know, the days of old? Yeah, look, I, I think um, it's a great question. I, I think the reality is there is a lot of people that are very tenuous about the idea of going into large environments. 
and that's completely understandable. I think it's, you know, you, you watch kids going back to school and the nervousness. I can talk about my own children, certainly, that, you know, out of three, two of them have been very nervous about going back to school. So if you think about that mentality with young kids and them going back to re-socialise and re, uh, reacquaint themselves with their friends, it's no different with adults. We're, we, we are beings that need um, uh, care, we need engagement, we need social interaction, and we've been deprived of that for so long. So I think it's going to be a slowly, slowly approach. I think people, um, there'll be mixed audience, the, the youngies that that are, you know, wanting that sort of, you know, 18 plus, uh, probably to about 25, 26, that will be just hanging to go out, waiting for bars and clubs and, and, and restaurants to open. And then certainly uh, socially, the families that want to get out and see each other again and go to a restaurant and, 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 and catch up and eat and drink together, because that's what we like to do. Um, but I think the corporates will be the last ones to want to get a lot of people in a room together. Um, I think the tennis is going to be a great example of, um, and given the flexibility post the 24th of November, um, with 90% vaccination, uh, vaccination sorry, and the ability to get people um, uh, in, into an environment uh, by January, uh, I think the tennis will be a great example of what's, what's to come. Um, but certainly from now to the end of the year, we'll see people coming out, but certainly not what I, to the appetite that I think will happen come February next year when, when, the world, when um, uh, Australia is at 90% vaccination. At 80%, I think we'll be okay. Um, there'll be enough people, but there's probably the, the right amount of staff to manage the amount of people that are probably that probably have an appetite to want to eat out. Um, so I think uh, that problem hopefully will resolve itself as uh, the borders open, as people come back to the city, as um, corporate world starts to rejoin. Um, I think the rest will, will resolve itself resolve itself in due course. Yeah, goodness me. And then the Grand Prix slated for April. What is that going to feel like? Well, look, my, my conversations with um, Andrew Westercott as late as uh, earlier this week, um, uh, who's the CEO of the uh, Formula One Grand Prix, uh, he is extremely positive. He's extremely excited. Uh, I know that he and I have had many conversations about how we need to manage an event like this and and certainly, uh, the Australian Formula One Grand Prix has done a lot of work to ensure that they are race ready, COVID ready, and, and similarly, us as partners, um, and touching on the conversation before and your question around what do we need to do as caterers or restaurateurs, um, we have had to change the offering. We have had to consider what um, going to a buffet type setup or a sharing meal looks like or handing, handling utensils or staff managing those utensils on your behalf, those considerations have certainly been made from our point of view. And I know that the Australian Formula One Grand Prix has done the same thing from their perspective to ensure that people can move freely within zones to ensure that they can enjoy the event and, and not be compromised um, by doing something that they love, like a, a, attending a motorsport event like the Australian Formula One Grand Prix. I think the first up will really also set the guidelines of what that starts to look like. And I think based on the job that they did last year, um, that won't be a problem for them and they'll do a great job again this year in uh, 2022. 
So is it like instead of someone passing around a tray of canapes, they're passing around little boxes or little bamboo boats that people pick up? Is it as, is it as simple as that or is it, is it more highly engineered? Yeah, no, I, I think it's as simple as that and, 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 as, and even more complex when it comes to, you know, the, the idea of sharing a salad at a table um, or uh, an individual little bowl of salad that comes to you or uh, a side dish in the middle of a table at a function for 10 people. Um, you probably won't see for a little while longer. Uh, similarly, you, you, you're unlikely to see a tray of canapes floating around that um, everyone can dip their fingers into and grab a canapé off that tray. Uh, it will absolutely continue to be individual uh, items, uh, um, you know, well-considered uh, and, and well-thought-about in terms of how it goes from the chef's hands to the customer's mouth. Um, certainly, those ideas will, will be uh, considered um, and have been considered for us to be able to operate over the last year and a half. But I think people are ready to come out. People are ready to live life again and we want to make sure that we do everything that we need to do at our end to give them that comfort that um, the waiter that's serving their food, the barman that's making their drink, the host that's taking them to their table or looking after them for that two-hour block at a restaurant or that five-hour block at a function, they're well looked after. And Atlantic Group has really um, put a lot of time and energy into thinking that through to ensure that our customers and our staff are also comfortable coming to work and feel like um, they are also in safe hands um, by the way that we operate. Hatem, mm. I'd just love to go, you know, wind the clock back a bit. Can you tell me what drew you into hospitality and events in the first place? <laughs> it's, it's a great question, Danny. I, th- I think from my point of view, um, it happened by default. Um, I was 16 years old. Um, Unfortunately, my mother fell uh, quite ill and my parents being blue-collar workers um, didn't have insurance, uh, had a mortgage. All of a sudden, these significant bills started flowing through. I was 16 years old and I thought to myself, and at at that stage, I had an 11-year-old brother, um, two siblings and and two parents. And of course, one parent's out of action, one parent's trying to manage everything. And I'm now 16 thinking I've got to try to help one way or another. So I, um, I gave myself no choice but to go down to uh, the local function centre and hassled the owner for four weeks in a row until he finally gave up and said, you start tonight because he, someone had called in sick and he didn't have anyone. And each time I went there, I was wearing my black pants and my white shirt, just hoping that <laughs> he might give me a chance. And, and sure enough, I spent five years there. Um, and that's where I was groomed and I did my apprenticeship, so to speak, um, whilst I was at high school, while, while I was at university and developed a passion for this industry that um, I couldn't go back. I, I ended up doing an accounting degree, um, but the day that I graduated was the day that I opened up my first restaurant um, in St Kilda, which was the Atlantic restaurant um, in Fitzroy Street, St Kilda, if you remember that one. So, um, yeah, my journey over the last 27 years has been to work hard, um, continue to do what I love, continue to do what I'm passionate about and continue to focus on building a team that wants to be involved in everything that we put our brand to. And, um, I, and, and needless to say that in the last 27 years, I've had incredible people that have come and gone, gone on to do their own things that we've you know helped support or mentor or 
watch them grow in the industry and go and do other things with other people. And um, we're excited about continuing to see that happen in the future. And um, if you didn't love hospitality, Daddy, I, I don't believe you continue to do it. There's no question. It's it's a hard industry. It's a difficult industry. It's now harder than ever. The margins are smaller than ever. But when it's in your DNA, when it's in your bloodline, um, and it's what you know, it's a it's a beautiful industry. It allows you to meet a lot of people. It allows you, allows you to connect a lot of people. And um, watching the excitement on people's face when we launch a venue like we did yesterday, Sophia at the Pran Arcade, and to just to watch the inquiries flooding in, the the messages of congratulations, um, the excitement in staff saying I'd like to work there, and people genuinely excited about, and even locals. I, I had a, a, a woman, um, a local woman in Pran email me and say, I'm so excited to see something as beautiful as what you've just launched come to the Pran, um, to come to Pran in Chapel Street, because the area needs a lot of help. And uh, it's exciting to see that building be redeveloped to what, what you guys are creating. So it, it's nice to receive those messages and to see people respond beautifully to, to doing something new and exciting as well. Yeah, well, it definitely feels like you are investing in Melbourne and it shows a real belief in the ability of the city to come back and for people to be there, you know, to, to want those experiences that you'll be able to offer. But I just I just wonder, like, what is it like for you when, you know, let's say you've got someone who might remind you of yourself, a, a, a kid who's coming along, um, whether it's they want to work or they're, they're starry-eyed or they need to work. I mean, what do you look for in a young employee and what would you say to anyone who was thinking about joining the industry? Yeah, look, I, I, I still believe um, it's an exciting industry. I still believe that there, it's, it will continue to grow and to become great again. Um, I look for and we as an, as an organisation look for people that, that are just excited. They've got a great attitude. They've got um, a good aura about them. They're enthusiastic. They show uh, an interest, a sense of excitement, and a sense of want to do something. And if we see that someone shows that enthusiasm and shows that interest, we don't really care as an organisation how experienced they are or they aren't. We will take them on a journey, train them, educate them, show them, teach them, support them, to grow and, and nothing excites me more, Danny, than to watch someone who's been in our business for three, four, five, ten, and goes out and opens their own cafe or their own restaurant or becomes a, offered a partnership. Or in many cases, we've taken them on a journey. And there's probably five people or six that I can think of that, through working for our group, um, just due to having the right attitude and and really caring and being enthusiastic, we've we've helped. Um, come on a journey and become shareholders in some of our own businesses. And there isn't anything more rewarding than watching someone um, grow in the industry. And, and I was that guy 27 years ago. I hassled that, that guy, John, as I told you earlier, until he finally gave up. And I think that same enthusiasm that I had and, and probably slightly out of desperation because I needed to work and I needed to help the family. But it, but secondly, as as I got the job and started to love the job, and, and want to do it and leave uh, a degree, an accounting degree to to start to grow and build venues and businesses, nothing gives me more pleasure than to watch people come on the same journey that I went on. And um, as long as someone's got the, the interest, uh, we're excited to show them that, that path. Mm. 
I love it. Um, well, Hadam, I really wish you the best with the reignition of the Melbourne events industry. And yeah, I should say Victorian because the Ballarat project sounds really exciting too. Uh, yeah, thanks so much for what you've brought to Melbourne and thanks for sticking with it in the face of such adversity. I really, I cannot wait to uh, pick a drink up off a tray or a little a little COVID safe canapé at one of your events and yeah, get the party started. Look, look, Danny, we absolutely intend to do that. And I just probably want to close and thank you again for your ongoing support for the industry, watching your podcast, your Instagram messages, sending people updates, you know, 10 minutes after the premiere announces. Um, I, I know myself, I was turning to you before I went anywhere else because I got the summary that I needed to hear rather than sitting and hearing an, an hour interview. But I just want to say to the rest of the industry, congratulations on everyone that's been able to stick it out. I'm really sorry for anyone that hasn't been able to, to sustain this period. It's been a difficult time and I know people have tried their best and invested uh, so many life savings to give it a go. But for those people that have been able to stick it out, keep going, stay strong, stay resilient. We will be great again as a city. We will continue to deliver great hospitality in Melbourne and we just need to support each other and give our customers what they want and we will uh, drive that vision for Melbourne once again to be the great city that we have always known to be. Absolutely love it. Good rallying cry. Thank you so much, Adam. Great to have you on the show. Thank you, Danny. Great to talk to you. This is Dirty Linen and I'm Danny Vallant. We air the issues that the hospitality industry finds hard to talk about, hearing from different people with unique perspectives. We want to hear from you as well. If you have something that needs to be said about a topic, get in touch so we can include your perspective. Contact us at dirtylinen at deepintheweeds.com.au or hit us up on Insta at Dirty Linen Podcast. We can't wait to hear from you. This is